Totally Killer is a time travel horror comedy where a teenager goes back to the 1980s to save her mum from a mass serial killer. It's Final Girls meets Happy Death Day in a Back to the Future package. So that's Blast to the Past. Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tim. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dad. Uh, dad, Dad, Daddy-o. Hey, Daddy-o, how's it going? <laughs> Honestly, Daddy-o sounds less suspicious, in the 80s at least, than Mama Cita does. Yes. Yes. Like, if, if, if the main character was Hispanic, maybe it wouldn't have mm-hmm. felt as suspicious. But Kieran Shipka, uh, pretty white, so... Stuck out. Stuck out is being a bit out of place. Uh, Yes, we're here today, everyone, to look at a new movie that just came out this past weekend, at least at the time of recording, but I think this will be out uh, later this week. Uh, (laughs) We're looking at Totally Killer, the new Amazon Prime movie, which, as soon as I saw the trailer, I said, oh, this is like the final girls and Happy Death, they had a a baby uh, (laughs) and mixed it with, I guess, a bit of Back to the Future, and that's what (laughs) this is. So, like, tonally, I just knew what it was trying to be immediately mm-hmm. but yeah it's about a, a teen girl played by Karen Shipka who you might know uh, as Sabrina from the Chilling Adventures mm-hmm. of Sabrina uh, horror movie wise she was in The Black Coat's Daughter aka February which, That's we, right. which yes. we did a good yeah. probably six years ago now at this point it's been mm-hmm. a while uh, but yeah so she, she's, she's got a little bit of horror cred uh, attached yeah. to her already which is nice That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, so she basically goes back in time to the 80s when all of her mum's friends were murdered by a serial killer who's called the Sweet 16 Killer because he stabs all of his victims 16 times when they're <laughs> 16 years old. So mm-hmm. that's uh, that's the basic premise. So there's a lot of fish out of water stuff. There's a lot of try to fix things in the past and change stuff. We'll start spoiler-free, of course, as we always do, and we'll give you a warning before we get into the spoilers. But that is the, the basic gist of it. So... Uh, after we re- we've recorded a few weird oddities, mostly the Tim Pit, we're back to a new release, one that we could access obviously easily without going to the theater. So, Tim, how did you feel yeah. about Totally Killer? So, uh, I wasn't super excited about this one uh, coming in. I didn't like uh, you know right off the bat. It's a very easy premise to get. It is uh, Back to the Future meets a slasher horror movie you know uh which you know it isn't a bad premise but you know this is over the last couple of years you know we've been seeing a lot of these you know like 80s comedy meets horror you know shtick which um i don't know some of the returns have been better you know than others uh and i don't know i feel like that's not a bad premise to have but you know if you do something like this you have to make sure that you know, your whole movie is not just the premise. Like you have to actually make a good movie. It can't, you can't just sell it on, Hey, isn't this wacky premise alone? Pretty fun. Um, which I, I feel like, you know, if these high concept premises, uh, it's easy to do to just, you know, kind of have this wacky thing and then just go along with it. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, the trailer didn't do uh, a, a ton for me. So like, I, I wanted to see it, but I wasn't going in being like, yeah, like I'm super pumped for this. Uh, so I gotta say I was, pleasantly surprised i actually thought this was uh you know really good it it worked for me the um you know the premise is fun enough and i was again uh i would say it is definitely more of a you know 
horror comedy than it is, you know, just like a, a horror movie, uh, which can always be a little dicey as well. But the comedy worked a lot for me um, and it didn't rely, I feel like, on, you know, the very easy thing of just like, you know, the the time travel, like, oh, young millennial kid, you'll be back in the past and being like, oh, what's this thing, you know, or you know, having like a bunch of saying a bunch of stupid, uh, you know, future stuff and people being like, what are you talking about? But actually it felt like, you know, a lot of the comedy was uh, like character based and it worked. And, um, you know, the characters were really likable in this. And, um, you know, it, the the horror stuff definitely felt like maybe a little secondary, but I thought they still did a good job with it. Like I liked uh, the killer. You know, I, I like the premise of it. It was fun trying to think of you know who it was which uh eventually i, I did um i forget how far into the movie it was but i did guess uh who the killer was um so i give myself a, a little pat on the back uh i like that it's... well you feel better or worse that i also guessed it um well i i'll just give myself some credit that my intelligence is rubbing off on you so um... <laughs> yes of course yes <laughs> um i like that they didn't like go too into the weeds of like um like some of like the time travel bits and stuff like they weren't really focused on like um why is you know how is she time traveling like well how does this time machine work and blah 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 like all this stuff like i like that it's like no like that's not the focus of the story the focus is you know um going in the past and trying to save you know her, her mom and her friends and stuff and um yeah no i just uh you know it's probably like little gripes here and there like it's not a perfect movie by any means but i had a, a lot of fun with this i, I enjoyed it yeah, I don't think I'm as positive as you. Like, I don't dislike mm-hmm. the movie, but to me, this is very much the epitome of just a, a decent streaming movie that I'm going to forget existed in a couple of mm. weeks. Um, mm. I actually do think it kind of is just the premise and not much more. I don't, I don't think it has mm-hmm. the backbone that, like, say, Happy Death Day does. Like, one of the reasons why Happy Death Day is such a good movie to me is because the main character has such a great arc and, like, really evolves because of what they go through in in the movie and i think for for me i was actually feeling quite positive when the movie started because i felt like okay it's setting up all this stuff in present day and we're going to meet younger versions of a lot of these characters and stuff like that and we're learning some details of these murders that are going to be important when she goes back in time and all that stuff mm-hmm. and then she goes back in time and probably the most fun i had in this movie was kieran and shipka's like interactions in the first like maybe 20 to 30 minutes of her being in the past because it mm-hmm. it played a little differently because like you said the jokes could have easily been she says something futuristic to them and they're mm-hmm. like oh you're weird instead it was more she tries to gauge what she should say in the time period and overcompensates at times and mm-hmm. comes off weird in different ways and that, that felt more interesting to me and i think her mm-hmm. reactions to just how certain things were in the 80s was probably the most fun i had the problem is is that after that point i don't think it really evolved too much obviously there's like it's things that happen and there's there's uh you know there's there's kills and there's people to save and there's there's all these other things going on but for me it never really felt like it got out of first gear and i I never felt like the stakes went up throughout the movie like they're supposed to and the -hmm. movie openly references back to the future multiple times because the main character uses it to describe what she's doing (laughs) she's like if you see back to the future well i'm basically marty mcfly i'm doing that right now (laughs) and i think one of the references they make to back to the future and this is even in the trailer so this is not even close to spoiler territory is in the trailer there's a moment where she brings up back to the future and then someone says 
in reference to her, in reference to the fact that Marty McFly in that movie has to like, get his parents back together or he's going to disappear, <laughs> someone says, no, the, that movie got it wrong. It doesn't work like that. You won't disappear <laughs> if you somehow mess up your parents getting together. And I, I'm not complaining that that's not what this movie's about because that's not what the movie wants to be about, and that's fine. <laughs> but it felt weird to point that out to me because one of the reasons why Back to the Future feels like it has huge stakes the entire time is because he's got this ticking time clock where he has to solve this problem before his time runs out and it gives mm-hmm. that movie so much momentum and it was one of the things that this movie and this is something that i feel with so many of these streaming movies is that i just don't mm-hmm. feel much momentum in the story it just kind of feels like it's i don't know it's very lackadaisical in its pacing with the way it just kind of like oh it's time for this but it's time for this but mm-hmm. i never feel like i'm being propelled or that engaged through the story so it's kind of that thing where I, I think it's a, a reasonably enjoyable time and thing to have mm-hmm. on, and I think there's moments of enjoyment, but I never really mm-hmm. cared about anyone that was being saved. I never really cared that much about most of the the characters, and a lot of the things that I thought they were setting up at the start that we're going to change or we're going to see different versions of in the past, it all just felt a bit undercooked to me uh, by, mm-hmm. by the end and the way they kind of handled that stuff. So, like, I think it's perfectly fine. I think it's perfectly watchable, but, like... Mm-hmm. If you compare it to the, you know, this is effectively a, its own little subgenre now with Happy Death Day, Final Girls, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I think those two are much better than this. I think this is a case of it doesn't have its own spin on it because a lot of the things in this are played out at this point. We've we've done mm-hmm. meta horror for decades now. We've done eighties mm-hmm. time travel esque horror for a while, right? <laughs> That's what Final Girls is. I mean, they're going to the movie Last Action Hero style, but they're still effectively going back to the eighties. So I've seen movies poke fun at those things i've seen movies poke fun at the differences between the 80s and now and all the things that would crop up from those jokes uh, you know we've seen this tone in other other movies before so it feels like a very it's perfectly fine but it also feels like it's this derivative thing that's coming at the tail end like everything feels like oh i've seen everything this movie's done before and i've seen most of it done better uh so it's okay that's where i'd sum up I think it's interesting to compare it to Final Girls because uh, that's not one that immediately jumped out at me. Uh, but I, I, I can see like the comparison you're making, like you know, like the the obvious ones. Yeah, I was thinking of like was the you know just the other movies that are hey 80s comedy premise plus you know horror, which is like you know Happy Death Day and Freaky and you know now this. Um, yeah, Freaky's definitely in that subgenre. I think uh final girls stuck out to me a lot because it's about someone meeting their teenage mother right you know going back yeah. and meeting the, their mother that's a good uh, yeah yeah uh, that's a good one to compare to yeah i just didn't think about that yeah and, and, and on top of that all the stuff where characters from the 80s say something really problematic to a modern person yeah. <laughs> and they react to it you know final girls had that as well and then this also has quite a bit of that yeah i, I think like stuff like that like those jokes can sometimes can be like a little cringy or it can uh like yeah be overplayed but um surprisingly like a lot of it worked out for me uh in in this movie um and w- one thing I, I do think is kind of funny oh, what the? <laughs> someone uh just knocked something over uh but one thing i think is kind of funny is like yeah you're saying like um i mean correct me if i'm wrong but it sounds like you're saying that like it doesn't really feel like there's like that much stakes <laughs> there in the movie but i don't know i, I feel like I mean, yeah, the state. there technically is. Like, they're telling me there's lots of things going on with a murderer and, like, <laughs> killing people and stuff, but I never really felt like... It feels, I don't know, almost too light-hearted uh, the whole time. Well, I mean, yeah, I think that's fair because I, I think it is definitely more comedic than, 
it is horror, which I mean, yeah. which you know, might might be might not work as much but, uh, for some people. Yeah, but, but uh, even something like Final Girls, which always felt like that as well. Like, I think the main character had an arc and they were going through a change, so it still felt like it had weight to it, even though it was being lighthearted. You know, it was still building up to her kind of, like, becoming who she's going to be at the end of the movie. And Kieran Shipka, she's the best part of this movie because she's an engaging actress, but I, I don't know if I'd say her character really goes through a big change or really, you know, she learns a few things I mean, here or there, but not, not, not a big... I'd say she... You know? I'd say she has an arc, uh, for sure. I mean, whether or not you think that you know, they successfully convey the arc. Like, that's fine. Like, I, I mm. can understand that. But, I, I mean, I would say she has at least a little, you know, something that she goes through. Uh, yeah. To be it, fair, I don't want to shit in this. I don't think it's a bad movie. Mm-hmm. I just think it's it's a direct-to-streaming, sure. like, just kind of okay movie that I, I think yeah. doesn't do anything to feel special. It never feels like it's staking its claim as, like, oh, you're going to remember, this is going to be something we talk about, it's going to be mm-hmm. something that we remember as, like, a prominent movie. It feels like it's kind of a forgettable romp that's doing things that other movies have already kind of done better in the last, you know, five years or so. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if maybe one of the reasons why I'm a little more positive is just because I had um, pretty low <laughs> expectations oh, maybe, yeah. going in. I don't know. Um, but, I mean, I, I don't totally disagree with you. Like, I... Like, I, I had a lot of fun with the movie, but, I mean, I agree it's not perfect by any means. Um, you know, it definitely does have that kind of streamer quality uh, to it. Um, but, I mean, that being said, there's I've seen a lot of really bad, you know, straight-to-streaming movies. I think this is definitely one of the better ones <laughs> that you can watch. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess it's just the standard of, <laughs> like, <laughs> what streaming movies are and, like, yeah. the stuff that mostly goes straight to a service. Like, other than the odd exception, there's kind of, like, a... Yeah a feeling look to them because you know she goes yeah. back to the 80s and it just everything looks just as pristine everything you know they're all wearing the outfits and stuff which fair enough they did a reasonable job with that side of things everyone's got hairstyles that feel right but i'm like you know do something fun like like how about when you go back to the 80s like you change to a more 80s looking type of movie like change the visual style up mm. a little bit you know do something interesting sure. with the, the yeah. direction or something i don't know like just a little bit of style i mean for a movie called totally killer it's you know it feels a little bit i don't know i don't know, basic in its style at times i guess uh, it's a basic bitch it's, it's a basic bitch yeah uh, it's mid as the kids would say i suppose yeah i'm not familiar with the director of this uh director mm. also did some just tv episodes and did always did a movie called always be my maybe which i think i remember that oh i saw that yeah that's um uh, I think that was uh, Randall Park and uh, Ali Wong as well. Yeah, yeah. he's got yeah. a small role in this one as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, the director is Natachka Khan. I think I'm saying that right. Natachka Khan. Uh, so, yeah, uh, most of the TV work, but did that one movie and does have another movie in pre-production according to IMDb. So, I mean, that's co- that's cool that it's a, a fresh director that's kind of yeah. coming up and whatnot, but. It also helps to uh, going into this movie if like the last three movies you watch were subspecies movies. I mean, sure, it was better than those. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not crazy. Look, that's the thing. I, I I don't think it's. But I think it's perfectly fine. But I just don't think it ever really excels beyond just fine. I mean, we might have talked about this before, but I think one of the things that's kind of funny is when you have a movie that you think is just like 
fine or okay. I almost feel like you kind of have to defend it more because like people just kind of think that that means that you hated it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so like, you know, people are like, Oh yeah, I can't believe Pete didn't like that movie. It's like, no, like, I never said that. I didn't like it. I just said, it's fine. It's okay. Like versus where, yeah, if you have a very clear, like, Oh, I loved it or I hated it. Like, you know, people don't care as much, but yeah. I, think, I think part of it as well is that when I talk about it feeling like a lot of the ideas are just overplayed at this point, it, it does kind of feel like it, that makes it lack a personality or its personality is just kind of copied from other movies. So I just never like felt like it just, it goes the extra distance to really sort of become its own thing. You know, like mm-hmm. there was lots of little moments I enjoyed in a vacuum or whatever, but I think it gets a little worse as it goes on. I think the third act gets a little bit rushed and messy. Uh, mm. And we, we spend, you know, a lot of time doing the, the fish out of water stuff, a lot of time doing the, the jokes of her interacting with with her mom and and things like that. It likes the middle of the movie because like the the opening does feel like pretty rushed as well. Like it it does feel like it's like the all the stuff that's in the present feels like you know very quickly. All right, like you know here's this girl and like here's her relationship mm-hmm. with the mom and let, let's set the stuff up and then yeah like once they she actually goes back in time like, that's when kind of the meat of the movie. I don't think it was too bad except for mm-hmm. the time travel part itself felt like just. Oh, this is where the... Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, I, I'm curious if people will have a problem with that, but, like, to me, I actually kind of like that it didn't really spend a lot of time explaining it. It was just like, yeah, there, a time machine exists in the universe of this movie. Like, don't worry about it. Like, that's not where the fun stuff is going to be. I think my, Which, uh, my I think my problem with it, though, is just how, like, out of nowhere it's kind of brought up. Like, if they, if they told me <laughs> this character was, like, really cared about this and was, like, working on it, right? You know, mm-hmm. and showed that it was, like, a passion project and, like, it really felt like a big deal to them. I'd be like, okay, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Like, you know, when you watch Back to the Future, like, you can call Doc Brown crazy and whatever, but he clearly mm-hmm. believes in what he's doing and he's, this has clearly been something he's been working on for a long time. Whereas mm. in this movie, a teenage girl just goes, yeah, I bought a time machine from a science fair project. <laughs> and it's just, it's like, it's just kind of like flippant in a way that I, I think just feels weird to me. <laughs> like, you don't have to explain it. Like, like I'll, I'll accept in the, the tone mm. of the movie that we're not, we're not taking it too seriously. We're just going to have a time machine. But mm. I, I, I think yeah, there's, there's definitely a level here where it's closer to like a hot tub time machine in terms of tone <laughs> that I just don't really want, I guess. Uh, but I mean, maybe that's just a personal preference thing. But I, I just, I would have just appreciated at least one other scene where she's like in a, a garage somewhere tinkering with things and like saying, oh, you're still working on that secret project. Eh? And it's like, yep, it's going to be ready soon, I hope. Yeah, I, I would say like, yeah, it's not so much like the time machine that they have to set up more that the character of the you know, friend that built it. Like, yeah, if you set her up as being like this, you know, like high school super genius, uh, who was like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, you're building another one of your crazy inventions. <laughs> like, you know, it, like it never even tries to tell us she's a genius. It, yeah. <laughs> the movie just paints her as like, Oh, she's just a nice friend. That's all she is. <laughs> oh, but by the way, she built a time machine. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I, I, you know, I like, I think that felt a bit rushed to me. But it's like, okay, whatever, that's not the point of the movie. The point of the movie is to get her to the past and then have fun with, like, that setting. And and that's mostly, like, entertaining for a good while. Uh, but the more it kind of has to start to deal with the plot getting into, like, the, the third act, it feels like it's almost not interested in trying to actually make it feel like there's anything at stake, even though mm-hmm. on paper there's a lot at stake. It never really feels like 
the tone shifts like appropriately to where you know I never really feel like uh, Kieran and Shipka's character Jamie I never really feel like she's like starting to get scared like oh maybe this is going to fail or maybe I won't be able to go home or maybe this or maybe mm-hmm. that it never feels like that to me so I just it kind of felt a little bit just fluffy uh, in the third act but you know people will probably have different opinions on that but I just I want a bit more um yeah, it doesn't bother me that much when, like, yeah, because I don't know. I feel like there's like yeah, so much comedy now, which like also wants to have these like, you know, emotional beats and stuff. Which, um, I mean, you know, sometimes you know works for the type of movie and whatever. But it doesn't concern me too much if they're not like super concerned about doing that. Uh, in this case, I actually kind of think it's funny that you know in, instead of more of like worrying, she it it almost feels like she's more frustrated at how much you know, the, these characters, like, are unwilling <laughs> to listen uh, to her, which, I don't know, for me, I actually thought that was, like, pretty funny. Like, the more frustrated she gets, like, with them, like, not following, like, her directions and I stuff. Know, I think that's fine for a lot of the movie. But I, mm-hmm. I just think there's a point where you have to turn up the dial a little bit. You have to mm-hmm. make her take it a bit more seriously, so I actually feel that there's something... Like, I think at the, like, I, I kind of, oh, sorry, like, uh, uh, I, I feel like at the end they do kind of try to do that and that you do see, like, her get a little more emotional, but it is, like, kind of right at the very end, <laughs> like. Yeah, it's just yeah. not enough. I, I, I just, it's, it's, it's too, but it's, it feels like it's too concerned with not actually trying to provoke a reaction out of you, that mm-hmm. it's playing everything very safe in a weird way, and, mm-hmm. and the safer your movie is, the less interest in it is typically to be honest so you know that's, that's kind of how i feel about it if it, it feels okay. like a it's a very safe movie and <laughs> yeah it's fine uh, also just uh one thing is uh so th- it, it's relatively violent and there's a lot of stabbing with a knife but mm-hmm. uh the knife stabbing when you get a good look at it actually looks really bad because it's clearly like the, the actor's obviously holding something and motioning towards like the other actor who they're stabbing but the wound that's appearing every time is CG. And mm. the way the knife kind of makes contact with the body just looks really weird. Like, and all I'm like, could you not have had a retractable knife that, you know, the other the movies for decades and decades have been using for this sort of stuff? That's uh, very weird, yeah. And instead it has this sort of weird thing where it's like almost clipping through the body and it just looks like really fake. And I, I don't know, I just, I didn't, I didn't like that. I, yeah, I, I really don't understand, like, like obviously like cgi is like a very important tool and it's like yeah you want to use that when there's stuff that you could never do in real life like you know having a a giant dinosaur like you know fall from the sky and and eat your main character or something like like whatever yeah like you're gonna have to use cgi for that but like stuff like stabbing people and blood and getting shot like you know we've been doing that for like since like the dawn of movies you know we well, don't need here's the thing tim it's cheaper uh mm-hmm. makes the shooting quicker because you don't have to clean up blood to do a second take you don't have to change mm-hmm. the wardrobe you can just do it again and mm-hmm. and it's like oh we can just have people who are being underpaid <laughs> we're setting the computers at vfx mm-hmm. you know places just churn it out for us after the fact so it's, it's, it's a very lazy it's it's about being cheap and it's about being I won't say the filmmakers are lazy. I'll say the studios are, are being lazy. Yeah, that, that, like that's what. Yeah, I kind of feel like is you know this is part of the a lot of the current studio heads that we have that just 
Like, really seem... They they want AI to replace the writers, never mind, you know, (laughs) this stuff with actual practical effects and people who can build that kind of thing. Yeah. I I forget, like, who I was listening to, but, like, uh, I I was listening to someone talk about it, and it was interesting how they were... Basically, the the point that they were making is how, you know, these CEOs of, like, you know, these big, huge movie studios, like, literally don't like movies. Like, like, like like, it... Like, cause like back in the day, like, uh, you know, like, uh, I, I think like, you know, even like, you know, the, the very early founding of like Warner brothers where like, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff you can say about like, you know, how the, those people were not like good people and stuff. But at the end of the day though, they did like movies. Like, so they did have an interest in making like, you know, good movies. Uh, yeah. And... <laughs> we're, today, like they're businessmen first and maybe some of them happen mm-hmm. to also be movie fans, but they're there yeah. because they're executives because they're, they're business people. That's, that's what they're yeah. making decisions based on. Yeah. <sighs> Such a shame. Yeah. Yeah. It's just felt very dire. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm kind of curious about like what, you know, cause, cause you're talking about how, yeah, this was like a, you know, uh, a, a, a you know, straight to streaming movie, and um, I was kind of surprised because you know we're, you know, obviously, uh, you know, big in the. <laughs> well, it sounds weird if I say like, we're big in the horror circle, but like we, we, you know, like like we pay attention to horror news and everything. They, they know so our names, Tim. They all know <laughs> our names. Uh, but like, obviously, we knew this movie was coming out, but I feel like I I haven't seen a lot of people like talking about it. Like usually. Mm. And I don't know if it's a thing now where it's like, oh, movie theaters are back and people are going to the movies now, so we're not paying as much attention to streamers again. Because uh, I don't know, I feel like you know, a year or two ago, like uh, obviously a very different situation then uh, when you know stuff wasn't coming out in the theaters. Uh, but like, yeah, I feel like there was a time where straight to streaming stuff would get a lot of buzz about it. Like, and, and this would would have been like a relatively I'm, big I'm, thing. I feel like people talk about. But I, yeah, I'm going to yeah, say something anyone. that movie theaters are going to love to hear. Oh, right. <laughs> is that with the pandemic over? I think not for everyone. I think there's some people who just don't care that much about movies beyond just a general sense that they don't care about mm-hmm. what I'm about to say. But I think for a lot of people, when they went back to theaters and saw a big movie again, and we saw a lot of it this summer. Barbie did well. Oppenheimer did well. All this kind of stuff. I think there was a much like back in the directed video days or even directed TV when that was more of a thing is that I think there's a prestige factor and like the movies you see in the theater feel like a bigger deal. And I think mm. to some extent we've kind of started to feel like that again a little bit. And I think streaming movies will all always be a little lesser because they went straight to straight mm. to streaming. Um, now, sometimes that'll be unfortunate because every once in a while there'll be like an absolute gem where you're like, oh, it's a shame this didn't get released mm-hmm. in theaters. And obviously there was a few in the pandemic because it was the pandemic. You know, Prey, for yeah. example, last year, like was definitely deserving. Uh, of, what were uh, they thinking? I know. Like that, that, I mean, that, and that was made to be in theaters and then it was just like a decision that was made later mm-hmm. to, to make it just straight to... And that was all tied up in Disney buying Fox and, you know, all yeah. sorts of... There was a lot of context for that. It wasn't just a, like a thing. But so... I think all of the, I think what we're feeling now is that there is something just a little more prestigious about having your movie in the theater, mm. and I think that it's probably good news for movie theaters that maybe not as many people who used to go to theaters will still be going, but I think enough of the people miss theaters mm. and feel like the movies that go to theaters should feel like a bigger deal. Um, mm-hmm. So that's not to say you don't see some shit in theaters because you do. I saw Expendables four. That was the last movie I saw in theaters, <laughs> and it was 
trash. I swear, you must bring that movie up more on this podcast than you do on the actual <laughs> episode you talked about it on. Because it's left a scar, Tim. It's left a <laughs> scar that can't be, uh, can't be, uh, can't be healed. So, anywho, uh, right. well, you got Exorcist believer to, and to look forward to. I mean, that's only if you've got if you can make it to the theater, and you know. Well, I, you had such a bad experience with Expendables. I want you to. I don't want that to be your last theater experience. So maybe I'll Tim, try is, to make the effort to. Tim, as crazy as this sounds, Saw Ten is getting way better reviews. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first Saw movie with a fresh score in Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, right. I actually, I hate to say it, but I am intrigued. I do kind of, maybe actually that might be <laughs> the first one I, I, I'm going to see this month. There's a mor morbid theaters. curiosity. Yeah. Uh, it did come out first, so we probably should try and see that first. Uh, yeah. As possible. But... Oh, God, it's a long month. <laughs> we'll try to squeeze it in, but ooh, it's a long month. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, I just, I, I think mm -hmm. there is kind of that prestige factor. And I think. Mm -hmm. um no, no i'm still like because the thing is if you if you put this out in theaters it would it would play just fine in theaters i don't think people would be yeah. you know mad at it but I, I i do think there is definitely like a feel to these director streaming movies that i mm -hmm. definitely like kind of recognize when i'm watching them and i, I think i feel it with this one even though this, this is definitely mm -hmm. on the better end of them by and large like there's definitely much much worse but there's so much like stuff that's just churned out for streaming like I mean, did you watch Red Notice on Netflix? Did you watch Extraction? <laughs> did, did you watch any of these generic-sounding-ass movies that no one cares about, and then the weekend after they came out, like, everyone forgets they existed? I, I, I remember the titles. Yeah. I couldn't tell you what any of, the, any of those were about. I mean, that's the thing that, like, really depresses me, is that, yeah, uh, there's such a short shelf life uh, on pop culture nowadays where i mean yeah there, are, there definitely are the outliers like you know your barbies and whatever that you know people talk about you know for a long period of time but yeah i feel like there's so much stuff that's like well if you missed it the opening weekend no one really cares or wants to talk about it anymore I mean, <laughs> especially for me who very yeah rarely sees stuff that, that early anymore i think yeah the movie has to fight for it the movie has to like earn kind of that attention i suppose in a lot of ways and obviously there's just things like marketing costs and whatever that also goes into helping that but I, yeah, I, I think a lot of... Because the, there was a whole story uh, a couple of months ago about how, I think it was that some Netflix writers had been asked to put... I don't know how to phrase this. They were asked to write scripts in a way where there was less going on because a good percentage of people who watch Netflix watch it while they're doing something else. So they want the <laughs> shows that are being made for them to be less engaging so that you can watch it <laughs> and multitask and there's less th and like that's the point where like, okay you're just farming out content like no one wants to write that <laughs> like that's uh <laughs> uh that's like one of the most depressing like signifiers of like this era in, uh, in entertainment like i know uh, so that's, that's, it's much like it's the same with uh like stuff like the room right where mm -hmm. that's amazing because it's unintentional and i think likewise mm -hmm. there's a lot of movies from the 70s 80s 90s that are quite bad that are very good as multitask movies where you can put them mm -hmm. on and do something else while they're on but as soon as you try to actually write them to be that it's not going to yeah. work it only works because they kind of unintentionally made movies that have bright spots but downtime in between and you're kind of oh this is a great like you know background horror movie or something 
It doesn't work weird. Well, and I'm not saying they did that here. For, for a start, this isn't Netflix, so I'm not saying that yeah. this is a, a guilty of that. I'm just... It's it so weird, though, to me, because it's like, well, that's when you put on, like, like an old show you've seen a million times, like The Simpsons hmm. or Seinfeld or something. Like, if you have to do the dishes, like, yeah, or, you know, whatever. But... Or dare I say a podcast. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Get get the streams after the midnight playlist ready and uh, get into it. <laughs> Uh, anyway, we should talk about spoilers. So spoilers for Totally Killer uh, from henceforth. We, 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 don't, we should not talk about the movie. Uh, so the opening sets up a bunch of stuff. It sets up Lizzie's deaths, uh, you know, 35 years ago, I think they said. Uh, 1987, mm-hmm. that's about right. Uh, and they set up that there's this true crime podcaster dude who like, gives tours in the town to where the murder victims were. And uh, quite rightly... When he's given the tour and like the fast food place that now is where one of the houses were, and the girl comes out and says, "Well, first of all, she offers them free food to all the people on the mm-hmm. tour." But then she's like, "You know, it's weird. I don't really think of a you know a serial killer having only killed three people. I usually think of at least six. <laughs> to which, and I thought this was a decent little line actually. He 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 hits back with, "Well, uh, thank you to Janine for wishing there was more <laughs> murdered people." yeah that's <laughs> yeah, a funny line okay but the big thing is we're introduced to to jamie our main character and her relationship with her mother her mother feels quite uh conservative and not not in like a political way but conservative and like a very playing it safe doesn't want her daughter mm-hmm. being in dangerous situations doesn't like that the music she listens to is kind of aggressive uh it seems like she's very you know a bit, a bit prudish maybe mm-hmm. you might say which i mean you know makes sense if you've been through this traumatic experience you do want to make sure that you know you're probably gonna shelter your kids a little bit because you know you'll be afraid of it and this is the mom from modern family we should also mention mm-hmm. <laughs> it was playing the mother that's right so yeah very good uh, typecast much <laughs> what play the mother yeah I feel like a lot of roles after a certain age for both sexes are either mother or father mm-hmm. to be fair Mm, gotta change it Hollywood do better okay she'll be a spinster <laughs> in the next one then you happy yes okay uh, and then the dad is played by that guy from Freddy V's Jason <laughs> so that's my context as well <laughs> yeah I've seen him in something else here or there but that, that is primarily what I know him from uh, yeah uh, where is he oh he's fourth on IMDB he's actually quite high up the list uh mm. He, oh, so you know, oh, he's in Scary Movie. People know him from that, probably. Uh, uh, I want to say Dead Man on Campus was, which I don't even think is a movie I've seen. I think I just remember. Oh, Jesus. This, this guy works. I just clicked on him to see what else he's done. And he's <laughs> got, hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He's got seven projects from 2023. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 12 projects from 2022. I'll stop there, but just to give you a sense of how much he's doing every year. So his list of credits is absolutely... It looks like a lot of direct-to-video shit and TV shows, to be fair. (laughs) It's not like he's in big movies or anything like that, but he is... Mm -hmm. I mean, he's earning a paycheck uh, somehow, someway. God bless him. Oh, the Christmas note. He's done like a Hallmark Christmas movie. There you go. That's That sounds about right. Yeah. Do you think he got in this because he's like, oh, you were in Freddy V's Jason. You're like, you've got some horror, like, loyalty in you. Of course, yeah. Horror ro- royalty, for sure. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I said loyalty. I think I meant to say legacy rather than royalty. Uh, loyalty, not royalty. That's your fault. <laughs> yeah. You're mixing me up, Tim. 
how dare you but yeah uh so yeah that that was uh that, yeah that's your your famous horror cameo <laughs> <laughs> but not really so mm -hmm. yes but yeah it sets up you know the mom's scared because like our daughters know the age she was when this all happened and all of her friends got killed and yada 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 uh so but when <clears throat> kieran shipka when jamie's out that night with a friend the mom's murdered the killer shows up after all this time wearing his mask and mm -hmm. this is probably the only scene in the whole movie that feels like just a straight horror movie scene to me because mm -hmm. later on like there's always like more people around when the killer shows up so it's more of like a mm -hmm. i don't know almost like comedy of like fighting between lots of mm -hmm. people and a killer whereas this is just no this is a killer stalking one victim and like showing up at the door going around to the other side and popping up at the back door and, and stuff like that mm -hmm. that said though i did appreciate that the mum's got a bit of that you know older jamie lee curtis thing going on yeah. where she's like i've been preparing for your return my entire life and <laughs> like hits a button and like a mm -hmm. gun falls out from like a shelf and <laughs> stuff like that yeah, it was a pretty fun scene. Uh, yeah, it was nice to see her fighting back. And um, yeah, the what do you think about like the whole look and theme of the killer? Like, I don't know. It's sketchy. I guess it's okay, but it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's it's kind of how I feel about the movie. It's just kind of fine, <laughs> and that's about it. Yeah, I think that's one thing I would like to see more from you know these kind of movies. It's like I feel like, and and obviously you know it, it's not as focused on the horror and the killer but like i don't know it'd be nice if they could tr you know still try to like come up with something that would feel like a real franchise killer that you yeah. would see in like it felt a movie really close to me to the killer mask and happy death they or even yeah. uh valentine of all things because that was also like a baby that was like the stupid <laughs> kind of face but uh, they all feel quite similar it's all this plastic just kind of face yeah you know? And it's just like yeah just like a weird and and the thing is kind of like at least with some of those other movies it might it might have more to do with the the theming and stuff but like i don't mm. know this it was kind of like all right so it looks like uh like a weird like 80s guy but i don't know what does that have to do with like the you know sweet 16 i mean you know, if, theme if, of the killer <laughs> if it was a because it, it looks like one of those dead presidents masks but if it was yeah. specifically a president then maybe that'd have a bit of part like oh it's nixon look <laughs> the nixon yeah. killer is coming <laughs> if around it was, well if it was like yeah like the president's day killer or whatever then <laughs> sure you know <laughs> like it's not a bad idea actually but yeah i mean, I mean that, that could be something it's, it's funny though because like it's, it's hard to come up with an iconic mask for a serial killer and obviously some movies yeah. have done it like halloween kind of just stumbled into this great idea of taking mm -hmm. a shatner mask and painting it white and all of a sudden you've got this this iconic mm -hmm. you know featureless face that really sticks out you know the hockey mask for jason i actually i thought they missed mm -hmm. the beat see do you know how like freaky that, that the whole point of that was that it was like freaky friday the 13th and the killer mm -hmm. was very inspired by jason yeah i thought they missed it because they gave him like a really crappy mask in that because obviously they couldn't actually make it look like Jason, so they gave him this just sort of generic thing. And I thought, mm -hmm. surely if you want to do, like, oh, we're doing kind of knockoff Jason, surely what you do is just you give him a modern hockey mask, like the, 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 <laughs> you know, the sort of grid-like one that the, the yeah. goalies wear now, rather than the classic one. Uh, like, yeah, it's, people are like, okay, it's a hockey mask, but it's mm -hmm. not that type of hockey mask. It's a, it's a modern hockey mask. I, I think yeah. that would be funny. I, I suppose it wouldn't hide his face as much because you can see through it, but still. Mm -hmm yeah or if like i don't know if a hockey mask is like too close to jason if they did like i don't know like a catcher's mask like from baseball or something like that, or some other <laughs> random sport 
Oh, that could work. Yeah, yeah. The, the umpire <laughs> yeah. mask, even. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the umpire. So, yeah, the catcher. Yeah. The umpire just wears a hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But maybe he has like the padding that the, the umpire wears, though. Like the big chest padding. That'd be, yeah, that'd be. That'd and that be way, smart. when someone stabs him at the front, yeah. it's like, oh, well, <laughs> unless you've got a sword with a blade really long, it's not happening. <laughs> He's protect, pr- protected against six inch blades all the time, <laughs> but not an inch more. Uh, so it's like the the next one we need to do is we need to do like some type of like baseball movie meets slasher like what <gasps> angels in the outfield meets uh, <laughs> oh god what's a good what's a good title a slasher pun for a baseball movie um oh strikes feels really feels really obvious to go with that. well there's a there's like the seventh inning stretch so what would be like Seventh inning, wretch. I don't know. <laughs> the bottom of the no the <laughs> the grave of the ninth. No, no. There's something. There's something in there somewhere. We'll figure it out by the end of the show. <laughs> anyway, and obviously it has to it has to be like a baseball bat as a weapon. Although just to space it up a little bit, maybe like some blades in it at the end or something, just to yeah, make it a bit scarier. Uh, there is. I mean, we're tangenting all over the place, but I I'd be loath if I didn't bring up. Uh, I think it was like a there's a classic EC Comics. Uh, I don't know if it's Tales from the Crypt or another. Um, one of the other ones about. Uh, I think it was like a, a zombie baseball player or something that gets revenge on people that killed him, and then he uh makes like a, a baseball field, but it's like all out of like guts and intestines, and like you know the first base is like the person's liver or whatever. Okay. And, like, the lines leading through like to each base and like intestines and stuff which uh is a, a powerful image <laughs> that always stuck with me that's definitely our read if they ever do that oh yeah <laughs> I'm just, I'm just gonna say that right now <laughs> yeah so yeah and we do get a little bit of sadness from like jamie mm-hmm. when, they f- when she finds out her mum's dead because obviously the mum mm-hmm. does eventually go down right that's kind of what gets the plot all going uh so we, we get to meet the teachers a little bit which is important because we're going to meet the teenage versions of the teachers oh, yeah. in the past one thing i do just want to say quick too like the so the mom dies and then all right was the door completely closed or was it open a little bit no, it was a jar got, it was a yeah right. like it was two trick-or-treaters then just opened the door completely like it was kind of okay. like already a little open so they just kind of pushed it and yeah, I mean, I thought it was a little weird that they kind of step in the house as if, like, yeah, like yeah. I would, yeah, like like trick or treaters, like just you you move on to the next house, you don't go exploring. Yeah. For the, the, the door the was slightly ajar, and I'm assuming they kind of peeked, and because it was just straight down from the door, so I'm assuming they saw yeah. something that made them go, "We should probably check to see if there's something fishy here." Yeah, and sure enough, there's a dead woman stabbed sixteen <laughs> times. My God, I know. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, we meet some of the teachers and the, like the principals like, try to, you know, talk to them about you know we're all here for each other. Mm-hmm. And then he turns it over to the 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 the, the football coach who's going to do some self defense. And mm-hmm. all he does is say, first thing you do is run, and then you sort of try and deflect the knife. Remember, avoid mm-hmm. the knife, save your life. Mm-hmm. And then he that's that, funny. That was you it. gave me a chuckle. I, I got a chuckle out of it as well. But that that was it. That was the whole thing. I was oh okay. That that was the self defense class was it okay run away and try and not get stabbed that was that was, that was yeah. his entire his entire thing very good uh which i guess is at least a little funny because it kind of pays off when he's been a dick to jamie in the past and she 
is able to use her actual self-defense training to like sort of pin him down and everyone's <laughs> like whoa how did you do that you're a girl <laughs> <laughs> uh so you know they kind of had a bit of payoff uh yeah. and like you say we meet jamie's friend I, th- I think we get introduced to her before the kill as well but mm-hmm. she's working on her time machine and for some yeah, reason i think they're, they're going uh, are they going to like the concert or whatever they do set up that she likes this band killer instinct yes uh, they're going to a concert we never see the concert or like that. that's that's just happening yeah. while the mom's dying but for some reason the high school science fair is at the abandoned amusement park. <laughs> yeah. Which is the most movie nonsense thing I've ever mm-hmm. heard, but sure. They, they, they sort of explain it with, I'm... oh yeah, the, the principal got it cheap because like, it's, it's, it's a shitty piece of land. And I'm like, cheap or just no permission? Because it feels like you could have just done mm. this without asking anyone and no one would have said it. Also, you think it would just be cheaper to do it at the school? Like That's what I would have thought. Do you not have like a big gym that you can use for yeah. these types of things? No. <laughs> With the, with the sports teams rebelling, saying, no, you can't mm. use our gym for the science and nerdy people. Yeah. Not having that. But mm-hmm. uh, she's built her time machine out of a photo booth. So <laughs> she's trying to get it to work, and there's all sorts of lights and doohickeys, and it's like, oh, she's... And I was like, she's just built a time... Okay, this is how that's going to happen. Uh, fair enough. I'll just go with it. But we've already mm-hmm. said our, our critiques on this <laughs> introduction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's later... Uh, that night where the killer attacks her. I, I will critique slightly the way the killer comes out is just kind of like abrupt and like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because she gets a little scared because her friend sneaks up behind. Well, it doesn't sneak, but just kind of like, you know, comes up behind her and she gets a little bit of a fright. And then the killer just kind of pops up like five seconds later. It's a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, he chases her into the, the, the booth, into the time machine and stabs the control panel, which then... You know, makes it work because it wasn't working and they basically just say that it was like an extra conductor and that that got it all working i'm yeah. like okay whatever i'll go with it but she gets sent back to the past and it was set to the day of the first murder so she arrives the afternoon 1987 and there's people who are all walking around in 80s clothes and so on and so on uh, and when she starts asking for like her mum's name like you know where, where can she find her She's like, well, she's probably in school, which is where you should be. Which probably led to my favorite, like, gag of the movie. And it happens twice. It's got a little running gag. Uh, that basically, Jamie is, like, ready to, like, go on a rant to explain who she is and why she's there. And the receptionist at the school just does not give a shit and just believes the first thing she says. Because yeah. she comes in and she's like, oh, I'm so-and-so and I'm a foreign exchange student from Canada and I should have this. And then the woman just says, here's your schedule, go to class. And she's like, do you not want to verify anything? That I just said, she's like, verify? What is this, Fort Knox? And I think that gag was quite funny because it's like, it's poking fun at something. Yeah, like things were a lot more easygoing, what? shall we say, once upon yeah. a time. What's funny is that's like a very well observed joke, but it's also one that's not like super obvious. Like that's not the go to thing that you'd think of when you're in the past. Like obviously, yeah, we're going to make fun of clothes and like music and all that very obvious kind of stuff. But this was something that I was like, oh, yeah, like that, that might not be something that you immediately think of, uh, you know, the differences between now and then. And uh, and yeah, it's um, and I, I like it's like a little bit of a runner, like, you know, it happens like a 
you know, like one or two other times. Yeah, she, where... she wants to find her best friend's mum later, and she goes up and says, "Hey, can you give me where this girl is? What class she's in right now?" And then tries to start explaining why she needs that information because obviously you don't just hand that out, and then she just yeah. answer it. She doesn't care. Like, go, go <laughs> find her. Yeah, and it's like similar to like towards the end when she goes into that uh, that ride at the amusement park, and she's like, "Hey, mm. like we're from the." Uh, inspection place or whatever, and the guy's like, "Okay." I was like, "Oh, that's it." And I'm like, "They're teenage girls." Like, how, how yeah. <laughs> I mean, clearly he just wants any excuse to go for a break, but yeah, yeah he, he he just leaves them. Uh, and Jamie rightly points out, like, going on an airplane in the eighties must be yeah. wild, like compared to what we're used to now. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I like I, I thought that was a good joke because it was kind of like her, like, being proactive and trying to prep a story. And then being shocked by just how little of it she actually needed. I thought that was like a more fun play on like how things have changed. As opposed to like, some of the more obvious stuff like, oh, dude's got a federal boob inspector t-shirt and stuff. Yeah. And like, you know, there's a like a racist uh, team name for, you know, the, the school has for its, its football team or whatever it is. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just stuff like that. Like those stuff. Those things are a bit more obvious. Uh, hmm. Um, I I almost wish they like had the balls to keep keep to the the mum's kind of awful in high school kind of thing. Because that, this she, is yeah. Yeah. You know, so, so she goes out to gym. That's her first class, and she sees all the girls who are murdered in the past. So that freaks her out. And then she asks like, "Oh, where's so and so? Where's my mum? Whose name is was it? Pam? Yeah, Pam." Yeah. And you know, I was gonna say Molly, but that's the name of their their group. Yeah, the first thing the mum basically says to her is "f off and die," <laughs> yeah. and she's like, and that's where the joke. We're like, mom, mom, see, uh, that's where that joke comes in, <laughs> and it's like, you know, this could be really interesting, like seeing just because I mean, Back to the Future kind of does this a little bit where the mum's different to obviously what Marty expects, but so, no, she was the bully, she was the shithead. Like, yeah. you know, it feels like they maybe could have done a bit more with this. Instead, she just kind of softens up, maybe a little too easy as time goes on. Yeah, I'd say these are probably maybe two of my bigger critiques of the movie is, yeah, uh, the it, it's fine if you want to, you know, uh, like eventually have her, you know, become a good person. But there's no like 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 there's there's no like story reason or motivation where that happens it is literally just like yeah you meet her and then it's shocking to find out oh no she was like the class bully she's awful and then it is kind of just like a couple of scenes later it's like oh no she's just she's kind of okay like yeah she's not really that concerned about being mean anymore and then also like they seem so like you know oh you're a loser you're not gonna be part of our group and then she kind of is just suddenly part of the group like, yeah. the, like, it doesn't feel like she had to win them over or do something to prove herself. It's just, like, all of a sudden, like, all right, you're around. That's okay. The only reason to keep her around after the first murder is that because she predicted it and she, and she explains it as being psychic to them, that they, they keep yeah. her around for that reason, basically. But, it, yeah, it does just kind of feel like it's all a bit too easy. I think there's two things you can probably really do here. One is the Back to the Future thing, which is their influence, and this is a little bit different because they're not as awful, but... The idea is that Marty's influence makes them better people. So when he comes back to the present at the end, he's actually, like, their offspring, their future generations actually been a good influence on the past generation. And that's kind of part of what the the message of that movie is, right? That's part of what it's doing. And you could have done that here, but I think for that, you have to actually have the mum have an arc, like, over the course of the the movie. And I don't really feel like she does. Um, Alternatively, 
it would have been way more entertaining and probably more unique if they just never listened to her and they never let her be. So there's a whole bit like early on in the past where she's trying to get into the house party and they keep not letting her in and they're just constantly ignoring her. Like, if you're going to go down the comedy path more so, like, the idea that they're just never going to it and she's, like, having to deal with these assholes and constantly try and keep them safe despite the fact that they, they don't listen to her, they don't want her help. So it's this yeah. sort of, like, trying to always be there to intervene, but them making their life difficult and not going along with it. Like, that that could have been funny to just That's keep funny. that the whole yeah. time. And the idea being that she basically does the thing she was there to do, which is... Well, she's not even really there to do anything, but, like, once she's there, she's, like, trying to stop the murders because, you know, uh, she might as well, I guess, because maybe that'll save her mum in the future. But mm. it never... Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's kind of this weird thing where it doesn't really do completely either. So, <laughs> as a result, I, I yeah, I think that, that's a bit of a missed opportunity. Yeah. Uh, I also like the idea of, like, um, which... They, they didn't do this a ton, but I, I thought it was interesting where... You and I, I don't feel like you don't see this a lot in time travel movies where you cut back to the future and see like mm. how the people in the future are also trying to, you know, uh, figure out what's going on because you get the the podcast guy, uh, is starting to get like you know, these these facts and stuff that you know he's supposed to be an ex- expert on all this, and it's like, oh, wait, no, this person died here instead of here, uh. But he, like, recognizes, like, you know, something weird is going on. Uh, and then, like, she can kind of play with that and, like, leave, like, little notes and stuff to them in the, the present to, like, know what's going on. But, uh, which is an interesting idea, but then I feel like they kind of quickly kind of dropped it. It's an interesting idea, but honestly, I think the way they do it just raises too many weird, like, questions. Because mm-hmm. it's like, wait, so he kind of remembers the original timeline? but And they try and explain it as that's what the Mandela effect is, is that yeah. it's remembering what the timeline was, but it's actually changed, and it's always been this way now, but you remember <laughs> it being this other way. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of interesting, but they don't really go back to it. It's only really a couple of scenes. If they went back yeah. to it more, and we saw them, like, completely, like, change like what they think like i don't know like mm-hmm. i feel like there, there was probably more inventive things you could have done with the idea that for for the characters in the present day part of the timeline that their past keeps changing in little ways mm-hmm. that kind of crop up as problems and maybe that like, they're debating something and then all of a sudden they sort of like just ignore it because all of a sudden that debate's meaningless because the past changed like you could have yeah. maybe done something more with that but maybe i'm asking more of like a hardcore sci-fi movie at that point to actually play with that but <laughs> right yeah as it is it just kind of feels like okay you're having your cake and eating it too because they kind of remember stuff mm-hmm. and she's still trying to fix the time machine but yeah i don't know it's just kind of weird like i feel like the time travel rules in this movie are just whatever the movie wants them to be so they can do what they already decided they want the scenes to be if that makes sense yeah. As opposed to they came up with a set of rules and then stuck to them. Um, yeah, the the one the one rule that I did kind of like that I thought was interesting, though, uh, and I think you kind of mentioned it at the beginning of the show, is uh, I like that it yeah it wasn't like Back to the Future where it's like, oh, if your parents don't get together, like you'll just kind of start to fade away and like cease to be. And I like uh, I think they you know she explained it like, oh no, it would be like you could you'll still exist, but it's just like you'll return to the future and like you won't be there. <laughs> you know, like, you'll just be this kind of, like, weird, like, anomaly or something. Yeah. It's <laughs> um, interesting, I think, but... It's an interesting idea. I'm, I'm of two minds about it, because, like I say, like, I think that goes back to the future a lot of urgency. 
and like immediate personal stakes which i think would have been fine here because the personal stake would be oh i'm trying to like change the past so my mum won't be murdered in 35 right, years yeah. like it could be about that i, I but it, i don't know for some reason it just feels like they don't really emphasize it enough like that's what she's trying mm. to do the whole time uh yeah i, I really could have felt just a bit more impactful but i mean you know uh one of the big things we need to mention as well is that when she finds her best friend's mum um she uh she she so i think lauren's the mum's name yeah lauren's a teenage mum and she had the designs for time travel which is what her daughter was working <laughs> from in the future and she actually like jamie just tells her i'm from the future here's a here's a smartphone <laughs> uh it's like, is this the time machine and but it explains everything to her and shows her where the time machine is because it came back to the past with her. Because uh, the, the her daughter in the future is building a new time machine out of a arcade machine. Uh, it's one of those like <laughs> sit down arcade machines. She's building a new one out of. <laughs> so that's all fine, but that that's like a whole running thing is that she kind of just knows the entire time that she's from the future and she's trying to help her get. But she's effectively the Doc Brown of yeah. of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but and i thought they were going to do more interesting things with that i thought like because at the end of the movie when she was back to the past and she like sees everyone again like the the, the best friend's mom's like hey can i talk to you for a minute and she's like hey here's all the things that i think changed for you based on what i knew when you came back in time and they're like you know they're hugging and they're like friends and i'm like mm-hmm. you know it would have actually been really sweet if they had actually really become good friends in the past and now it's this weird thing yeah. where she's like also best friends with her best friend's mom but yeah. i feel like they never really like did that much together or built like a camaraderie or i really felt like they bonded over that time period i mean yeah i feel like there's like literally scenes where it's just like all right i'm gonna go work on the machine now see ya like yeah yeah it felt very separate like maybe they could have saved each other a bit more or like been there for each other or maybe even just had a heart to heart at one point where but that's what i've done great for the movies like stakes and emotional side as well as if maybe if there's just one scene where jamie's starting to worry that she's not going to be able to solve it and maybe she breaks down and cries and like it's you know it's this other character lauren who's there to like comfort her maybe maybe they bond and maybe that's like the seed that you can then use to say okay they've had tough times together so we feel more when they reunite in the present day and you know she's now you know like almost 50 and jamie's back from the past and that that could have felt a bit more impactful as it is like when they start hugging at the end and i'm like yeah i mean i guess yeah you know her now in a way that you didn't before which is interesting but i don't really feel like you like you became friends you were just kind of like yeah begrudgingly helping her <laughs> yeah <laughs> More than I, I don't know uh it, it was feeling lacking uh in that that respect but yeah that's fair <laughs> yeah anyway so yeah there's a whole house party uh the first girl dies kind of as planned it's not in the same location though basically <laughs> because jamie's interfering uh things are starting to change so they spend a whole bunch of time trying to get in, including they end up working a little bit with the young version of the principal mm-hmm. uh, from the from the future, who's like this nerdy guy that the all the other people uh, make fun of. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a jock who's actually the coach from the future, uh, who's there as well. Uh, obviously, this is where Jamie's dad shows up, and he's like you know, this young hunky guy in the backstory, and all the rest of it. So. Mm-hmm. yeah um which i'm actually realizing now that whole mama cita joke is actually just taken from back to the future oh, is it yeah cause, cause, well not the literal it's not the same line but he says mm-hmm. dad and then he goes daddy-o 
Oh, okay. That's, that's literally in Back to the Future in the first scene where he talks to George. Well, it's not, it's not the first scene. It's not the first scene. Sorry. It's, it's, it's when George is saying that if he can't, you know, kiss Lorraine or something like that. And he's like, come on, Dad. He's like, I mean, da- Daddy, you. Yeah. Yeah. It just clicked there when I was talking about her dad. I'm like, no, no, that, that line was in Back to the Future. That wasn't just him that said that earlier in the review. That was a thing in the movie. Interesting. Yeah. So even you're ripping it off, you hack. <laughs> yeah, if you can steal steal from the best. Uh huh. Fair enough. Uh so <laughs> anyway, the lesson to learn here is that if you don't uh, do blowjobs, you're probably gonna get killed. That's the, the lesson the movie teaches you. So this is like a <laughs> So I I I thought the blowjob jokes like they were funny, but also like I, I, I didn't, confi- uh, yeah, I didn't get it because I didn't understand which. Like, so, the the joke is is that the one of the mean girls, right, who are called the Mollies because they're all Molly Ringwald fans, which makes sense given the time period, and they all dress like mm-hmm. different Molly Ringwald characters. The one who dies first, who uh, is an actress who was in something else in the last couple of years, I can't remember, but uh, the one who dies first, she calls something else a beige, right? Mm-hmm. Or no, BJ. Sorry, BJ is later. Someone, someone says later they're going to give a. They're just going to this location to give a ca- casual BJ, and that gave me a chuckle because mm-hmm. I've never heard a B a BJ or a blowjob <laughs> called a BJ. But yeah. she, well, called, I think it's funny because she was doing it in like the what the House of Horrors. Or yeah, it was like the, 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 the the haunted dollhouse or something like yeah. that. Yeah, at the fairground. Uh, and then she justifies it by saying, "Well, if anyone walked in on as well, if you're going to go into a house of horrors, you can't, you can't <laughs> complain that you saw something nasty." Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's that's fir- this first victim refers to something else as a BJ, and mm-hmm. she says that in front of the the guy she's with, who is the one who's going to be the lead singer in the band that Jamie likes when she's you know older or in the future, and. Mm-hmm. He says something like, oh, I hope you've got room for one more. Because uh, mm. she says, like, oh, I've had too many BJs or something like that. And she's going to the bathroom. I think she's talking mm. about her drink. Or maybe she calls a BJ. But, and she goes, no, no, no. I don't do a bullet jobs. Your pee comes out of there. And this becomes like a running thing where it's brought back up later where they're talking about it. And that's why I said that joke about... Uh, Someone says, "Oh, just think, if she gave blowjob, she'd probably still be alive." Yeah, and you know, Jamie's like, "That's not. That shouldn't be the lesson here. There's more to it than that." Uh, yeah, so like, I, I don't know. I think it's like you know, the joke is perfectly fine. It's funny, but like, the thing that kind of confused me about it is like, it almost seems like they're implying like, "Oh yeah, like you know, no one gave blowjobs in the '80s because of this reason." And I was like, "Is that a thing?" <laughs> like. Uh, well, no, because the other girl also gives blowjobs. That that comes up later. That's the, hence the whole thing about her giving someone a blowjob in the the haunted house of dolls or whatever it was. Yeah. But I, I you know, I actually do. I no, I, to be fair, I think this is a real thing that it is typically more common now that people mm-hmm. give blowjobs than it was in the. I think there was a significant okay. higher <laughs> portion of people in the eighties and further back who just said they wouldn't never do it. I think. Okay. So when people say. The good old days? No. More mm. people are willing to give blowjobs now is objectively mm. better <laughs> than the past. Yeah, why not? <laughs> objectively better. There's just straight, straight facts. <laughs> yeah. But no. Yeah, that, I think that is definitely a thing. I mean, obviously, it still happened. I must mm. say no one did it, but... I, I'm, I'm not aware. <laughs> so, But I, I think this attitude of, ooh, that's gross, mm. that's where pee comes from, I, I think that was definitely a thing for more people. Yeah. In the past. Okay. Yeah. 
doesn't surprise me. <laughs> um, I, I did think it was kind of funny the, the joke of like uh, the because of yeah uh, what happened with this first murder it changes the the like lead singer from like he was like it seemed like this hardcore like you know metal band or something and then um mm. because yeah he he comes close to the killer now he's a uh, you know an emo guy in the future and he named himself after the uh was it like a, a waterbed away or yeah. something he, he does like sad music now yeah instead of yeah. like hair metal or whatever he was before <laughs> yeah that was an interesting little change mm. uh so oh, now w- one thing i wanted to ask too is um what did you think of like the gimmick where you know, when she sees someone in the past, like it, it does this like whoosh to the like shows them what they look like in the future and then like goes back. Because in theory, I, I think that's a kind of like a cool concept, but I don't know. It seemed kind of cheesy the way they did it. Like, it, yeah, I, I think my two thoughts on it are one it is at least a quick way of just making it clear to the audience. This is who this person is without her having to say, mm-hmm. oh, it's the principal from yeah. my day. <laughs> like it's just quickly you get this little flash, and you know who it is. So I appreciate it as a shorthand. I will say the sound effect and the way it did it made me think of... um, I don't even know if it's a specific video game, but there's definitely a video game where it does that. Mm -hmm. Not specifically it goes through time necessarily, but the way it flashes and then comes back, it was making me think of... Maybe it's Life is Strange or something like that. Perfect Dark. It's not... not not, Why would it be a first-person shooter, Tim? I don't know. (laughs) Come on. Be serious. Take things seriously. Sorry. Okay. We're here to critique films, all right? Not, not make <laughs> weird jokes. No one, no one remembers Perfect Dark. It's an ancient video game, Tim. What? <laughs> I feel like it came out just yesterday. <laughs> In 1996. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, after this, uh, she basically sticks around the group and they agree to go mm-hmm. somewhere. And she says, let's go to, you know, one girl says, let's go to my family's condo in the city. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, that's a great idea. The city populated, you know, not the cabin in the mm-hmm. woods because that's where the second murder was going to happen. And then when she mm-hmm. wakes up after the, the trip, it's always oh, the cabin in the woods because the girl's an idiot and doesn't know what a condo is. <laughs> uh, which, you know, honestly, it's that's funny. I don't have much to say about all the antics at the cabin necessarily, all than just mm-hmm. eventually they kick jamie out for ruining the fun and mm-hmm. she spends a lot of time trying to like knock on windows and climb in and witnesses some murders here or there and mm-hmm. all the rest of it actually here's a question for you tim did you like if you did figure it out at what point in the movie did you realize it was two different killers oh well i don't think i figured out it was two different killers but pretty early on i figured out that it was going to be the the principal uh you know aka the nerdy guy i think like pretty early on like at that party scene just how much he was trying to you know get into the party mm. and getting you know rejected they and... actually they telegraph it way more than that actually see a little mm. bit later when they're uh at the van and because there's, there's this like red herring character this like kid who's a bit quiet and they all mm. think's a bit dangerous because uh, one of the motives that... they, they think it might be is that the girls were all mean to this girl they, they called fat trish and she died mm-hmm. in a car accident, and that was this weird kid's sister, and maybe he's doing it all out of revenge. And when they investigate him, and they check his van and stuff, he's just got a bunch of video games, he's innocent and harmless. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the young principal shows up and says, what are you guys doing? I'm here to, like, you know, keep you safe or something like that. And that mm-hmm. was the moment I went, okay, well, you're the killer. 
but very quickly (laughs) when it went back to the present day and the 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 podcast guy was like asking questions about the time machine and stuff i was like you're also striking me as a killer so lo and behold uh it turns out the killer in the past is the the principal but the killer in present day is actually the podcast guy and eventually he steals the second time machine and goes back in time to try and do more killings in the past yeah (laughs) so yeah it's all straightforward it's all easy it's simple enough what what, would you want uh but yeah Uh, anyways so the the second victim actually ends up changing it's wrong it's actually the one who was meant to be the third victim i think it becomes Mm -hmm. the second victim and the second victim's still alive who shits herself when jamie at the police station just casually says she was meant to be next and she's like what what i was meant to be next um but yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't like you know. There's a lot of running around. There's a lot of stabbing going on. There's a lot of fighting. Mm-hmm. Like a, a lot of the characters get involved, and in at least at one point or another, fight the killer during this sequence. Yeah, because uh, it's all over the house. I would even really mention to the um, the daughter of the sheriff, who is the sheriff in the present day. Um, Honestly, yeah, we've not mentioned her one shit, and it's probably because her character is just kind of doesn't have much to do yeah Yeah. like they set up that she's kind of this mean cop in the present day who's just kind of unlikable and then we see her as a teenager and she's the daughter of the sheriff in the 80s and she's just kind of there she has some like jokes about being stoned or whatever and that's kind of it that's the whole character there's not much to her other than that I feel like they could have done something like maybe show why she's such a hard ass in the future or Hmm. you know something but yes it seems like a very yeah, just throwaway character. <laughs> There's not much there. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, and it, and it's weird that she's like part of the group, but she's not like one of the murder victims. So it's like, yeah, know. she's not one of the one of the the Mollies. And we yeah. eventually find out why the like, uh, why Jamie's mom wasn't killed with the others. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's because this was a revenge thing for Fat Trish, but it wasn't her brother. It turned out that the young principal was dating her. And he wanted revenge for her and blamed them for getting her drunk and send her in a car. Which, to um, be fair, Jamie also has a problem with this when they t- when they eventually sort of like mentioned that yeah we got her drunk and then sent her away. Uh, like Jamie's like I, you you got this girl killed like you did this to her <laughs> you you put her in a car drunk and that's when the the, the jock character is like what. I'm a better driver when I'm drunk and she's like no you are not like I'm I'm guaranteeing you right now you are not. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I thought that was a pretty funny joke. Like, it's a, it's a pretty dark joke, but I, I thought it was funny the way that they were, like, so did not see themselves as, like, killers at all. And she was like, no, you definitely, like, caused her death. And, like, I don't think so. Like, not really. Like, we just, like, invited her over and got her drunk and then told her to leave. And, like, <laughs> it's like, no, you are absolutely responsible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe don't deserve to be brutally murdered, but you're definitely after sure. your answer for this in some way or fashion. Yeah. You know, this is, this is a real thing. So basically from here like they have a plan where they eventually want to try and lure the killer uh at the fairground and try and get him and like that's all that stuff's all a bit rushed to me like honestly the details are very hazy other than just they're going to put the next victim as bait we're in her blowjob spot (laughs) where she takes guys for blowjobs and basically the killer's going to show up but they're all hiding in this house of horrors with weapons like ready to strike and sure enough, eventually the killer comes out and there's a bit of a fight, there's a bit of a struggle and they kill the killer and they take off the mask mm-hmm. and it's the young principal and it's like, oh, well, I guess that's that then. It's like, okay. 
Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Which, I think <laughs> what, one of the weird misgivings of all this is that we've cut back to the present day a couple times, and I thought it was really weird that after we find out the principal was the killer, that we never cut mm-hmm. back to present day to like just see him in present day knowing that he's the killer. Because mm-hmm. when obviously when Jamie comes back to the present um, at the end of the movie, because he died as a teenager... Uh, when he, you know, was the killer when when they did, you know, they, they killed him. It means he just he isn't around in present day anymore. And the coach guy is actually the principal, and that's that's fine, like that makes sense. But it just it felt weird that you're saying, hey, that principal who was giving a speech at the start of the movie to everyone and try mm-hmm. to like you know calm the students down, he was the original killer. It just it felt weird not to like get a scene with him in present day where we can see him on his own or something where you see him kind of like openly like wonder why there's another killer or or something like it's it, it felt like such a missed opportunity or plot thread to me well the wait because they kill him in the past so he wouldn't be in the the future though no i know at the end but i'm saying you could have like we could have found out i don't know we could have we could have still seen him in the present day before he fades away or something i don't know mm-hmm. like I, didn't, yeah. I, just, I, I thought it was strange that we never get like to see what it was like him having this past of being a serial killer but he's the principal of a school in present day. Like, we never get to see him in that context, and I just thought that was a bit of a, yeah. a weird missed opportunity. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know if that's another fault of maybe not fully knowing how the, you know, time travel works in this, because, like, yeah, would it be just, like, him, you know, just going about his normal day, and then all of a sudden starts fading away or something, or would he have just never existed, so he never would have gotten to that point? Or, or just do a flashback set before, like, in the present, yeah. where before he would be disappeared because he got killed in the past. Like, sh- sh- mm-hmm. show him, like, reacting, like, hey, this is the perfect scene. You, you you do a flashback to him, like, hearing the news that someone's been killed by the Sweet 16 killer, and have mm-hmm. him be like, huh? But yeah. that was me! <laughs> I didn't kill anyone last night. Like that, that could have been something, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. So it turns out Jamie's mom's been, you know, worried that the killer's going to come back for all this time, and the podcast guy claims that he should got a note uh, after the murders saying you're going to be next someday. But it turns mm-hmm. out that that wasn't something the mom saw back in the day. That was something that the podcast guy made up himself to show to uh, Jamie. You know, so the mom never knew about this note because it didn't exist. It was fake. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yep. just, just as they're trying to leave, uh, they've turned the ride at the carnival into a new time machine. It's the, I don't even know what you call this ride in, in general, but it's the... It's the, a quantum drop, I think is what they call it in here. Well, yeah, that's the name in the movie, and every version of this ride you've ever seen has got its own name, but I don't know mm-hmm. what the name is, just like, you know, like a roller coaster is a roller coaster, I don't know what you call this thing, but every carnival or fairground you've ever went to has probably had one of these things. Yeah. Yeah, it just like spins around really fast, goes up and down, kind of. I don't think it's up and down. That's why I think it's just a spin circles, isn't it? Where you're all up uh, against the wall, you're all up against the outer I mean, wall, and it spins. I mean, if it's the kind of ride that I'm thinking of, because like we used to have like a, you know, back home we'd have like a little carnival fair th- thing every year, and the way we we had it kind of work is like it starts spinning you around, but then eventually it also goes like up and down. Uh, so I assumed it was kind of that kind of ride mm. as well um especially because it's called the the quantum drop so i figured that has to be some type of drop <laughs> in the ride oh and that's fair but i think the ones I, i've seen in the past have only ever just spun around but yeah, yeah. you may be right I, you don't really see it in action so it's yeah i don't really know yeah yeah i mean you see people 
at the end of a ride, like getting out of it, but you don't really see like from the outside when it's uh, turned on, so you don't really know what it's doing. Uh, but the the killer shows up, and we get this big over the top fight where the time machine's starting, and Jamie's been told she has to stay in the middle of the of the circle, otherwise she'll get mm-hmm. obliterated uh, by the, the the time force or something on the out- outer part of it. So, so uh, you pretty much know what's going to happen to the killer. Yeah, the killer just turns into a red mist of CG uh, when he gets kicked into it. Obviously, there's a little bit of like him being like, "Yeah, I'm killing more people because." You know, my livelihood's this podcast, and it's, um, you know, there's only three murders. Like, it's hard to keep that going. I'm like, yeah, how have you been doing a weekly podcast about three murders that happened? Like, that's... Well, well, you know what people usually do in that situation is they usually go on to a different murder. Yes, like... yes. But he, he has got the one murder he wants to focus on, so he's making new victims to keep his show interesting. Uh, wasn't that thing... like a bad premise for a killer like yeah wasn't that a thing uh, was it mexico or south america maybe somewhere uh like maybe a decade ago or something there was like a, a news reporter who was found guilty of like committing murders so that they could like report oh, the news of it like they'd <laughs> oh, have all that's the... wild i don't think yeah, i've heard of that <laughs> they'd have all this i can't remember what country it was if yeah. it, it may have been like uh I don't know. I don't know. Either Mexico or South America, so somewhere south of the US. But I don't remember sure. the details. But it was basically like, hmm. He always seems to get to the crime scenes first. That's funny. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just vaguely remember hearing about this. I'm sure people can Google it and see yeah. the the facts. But uh, uh, I thought it was kind of funny uh, when he. So like his dad is like you know this big you know famous reporter so obviously he feels like some resentment towards that and then towards the end of here he's like reporting uh you know from the carnival and he just kind of like the you know the modern day killer that's now back in time he just like runs right by him and just stabs him in the head yeah when he reveals who he is jamie says wait you just killed your dad out there is it like, yeah he was he was a terrible dad i hated him <laughs> <laughs> i always had to live up to who he was and failed miserably yeah they set up the dad at the start because he's still a reporter in present day. Like, he's still this famous mm-hmm. Pulitzer Prize winning journalist in present day. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we go back in time and it's like, no, he's he's still a TV reporter, just maybe, you know, lower down the thresh, you know, down the ranks, mm-hmm. as it were. Uh, but, yeah, so they set that up and then, yeah, we, uh, it's weird we didn't even mention that yet. There's, there's a lot of little things like that in this movie that feel like they're setting mm-hmm. something up to be a bigger deal and then it, like it isn't <laughs> like i i thought because the dad because jamie's dad was a fan of this like reporter right because we see him mm-hmm. watching him on tv at the start of the movie i thought oh because he's dead now we're going to maybe see like how that influence or lack of influence has maybe affected something and the dad mm-hmm. is like different at the end he's wearing a suit he seems a bit smarter but i i, I don't think it's like a direct correlation to that or anything yeah you know? uh, like mm-hmm. i i thought you'd maybe see okay we're going to see a news report on TV at the end and it'll be someone else giving it and it'll be maybe someone we recognize or someone who was in a different position at the start of the movie. You know, I I don't know, like something, but it it, it felt like it was just kind of like, I don't know. I I didn't really feel it while I was watching the movie, but when you really sit down and like talk about it and break it down, the movie does feel maybe a bit overstuffed, which like, yeah, there's like a lot of like, little things that it's like oh that felt like it would be something like you know we're talking about you know the sheriff's daughter or or yeah there's like you know little tidbits and stuff that we're bringing up here and there that it's yeah it's like a lot of stuff that just ends up kind of being nothing which 
Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things that I thought we'd see, like how they've changed when she gets back to the present day that just never mm-hmm. come up. You know, the one big thing, of course, is that she's got a brother now who's older because yeah. <laughs> the parents got together earlier. And maybe this is maybe like a little sweet message is that, you know, because the, the dad says early on when they're mourning the mother's death, he says, uh, you know, me and your mum didn't get together in high school. We got together after college. And it's probably good that we did because we probably wouldn't have lasted if we tried to be together when we were young and <laughs> stupid. And the the twist, well, not twist, but the, the outcome at the end of the movie is that, no, even though Jamie kept trying to stop them from being mm. together after she accidentally like puts it in their their heads that they should hook up, <clears throat> the the little reveal is, is that no no they they got together and it did stick. Uh, but because they yeah. got together years earlier, they ended up with a another kid named who they named Jamie. Jamie. So, so now Jamie's now Colette in yeah, present day. Which I thought was funny. <laughs> yeah, that was amusing. That was like a, a change you um, couldn't have saw coming. But, uh, I mean, that's kind of an interesting premise, too, because it is like a, you know, the opposite of Back to the Future, where instead of, like, having to get your parents together, you have to keep them apart. But, again, it's like, it doesn't really... It never amounts to much. It, like, yeah, it doesn't do much. I think, again, it's that thing, if they emphasized it a bit more, where it's like, she's trying to keep them apart because she believes that if they get together, they won't last and she won't be born. But... Mm. Like, I feel like that could be a really big, sweet ending if she gets to the present and finds out, no, their love was, was real, it was strong no matter when they got together, and it, it didn't matter, ultimately. And that could be a really nice, heartfelt ending, really. But I, I just, I don't think they, they emph- again, they don't emphasize it enough at the end. Like, when, when she comes into the house, and they're there, and they're, they're both fine, and they're they're just happy to see her, and they're wondering why she's got, like, a bloody nose, because she was in a fight with a serial killer. She didn't say that, obviously, because that's hard to explain. They, they like i was like why why isn't she asking like or or you know maybe saying something that would make them say oh no yeah like you know maybe maybe she would say hey when did you guys get together or something or, or you know, remind me again like what's the story of you two meeting and maybe we'd hear how it changed or hear how oh yeah we got together in in high school but uh you know it was a bit rough for a while we broke up for a bit but we got back together again because we really loved you know they could have really mm-hmm punctuated it by saying this is how it's changed and this is how they still kind of came through it instead it's just kind of like there and it's not really which by the way there's also a a paradox in this because jamie leaves her mother's jacket for her from the future and that's how she has the jacket which begs the question where did jamie's mother originally get the jacket in the first timeline Um, a good question i didn't think about that (laughs) yes so Yes, I, I I consider that. And what's so weird is that she actually, at the end, when she's going back to the future, she actually mm-hmm. gives, takes the jacket off and says, hey, give that to my mum for me. And I'm like, why do mm-hmm. you think you have to give it to your mum? Your mum <laughs> will get it however she got it originally. Yeah. <laughs> That's just all a bit odd. And yeah. It also, I mean, the one issue Back to the Future kind of has, it's a, it's a damn near perfect movie, but it's like, don't the the parents recognize this that their son is that looks the same as the guy that they knew when they were teenagers mm. and that doesn't really come up here i think it, it's more glaring here a little bit because the best friend's mom does know her and does recognize her and says hey you know yeah. we went through those adventures together and you're finally back to the present day i'm like do the parents not remember especially since it's not like she just like casually interacts with them like she gets involved she's this annoying voice in their ear saying hey you're in danger stop having a party like she's around and pestering them for like ages i always appreciate when characters come up with plans to try and be proactive to try and like deal with the scenario they're in Mm -hmm. uh but i think the the killer is relatively kind of toothless 
that I don't think I ever felt like much fun in the, the, the okay, this is the plan to try and track or catch him or try and kill him. I never, I don't know. I, I just, I never felt that much of an excitement from it. And I, I think the entire third act does suffer a little bit from feeling rushed, from feeling that the stakes aren't high enough and feeling like the, 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 the everything means a bit more. Uh, and I'm not saying everything I've suggested needs to have been done to make the movie better, but like any number <laughs> of them would have been maybe an improvement or if not the way I've suggested, and certainly just something to create the same connection that I wanted to, to, to care about what was going on. Yeah, yeah no, that's fair. I think there's definitely stuff to, uh, you know, there's grapes to be had, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. At, at the end of the day, I thought like, maybe I'm a little more lenient with like comedic stuff than, than I am like horror or sci-fi stuff that I just uh, can let, some stuff go but like yeah like i i do think the movie does like mostly work despite you know a lot of these faults like like you know i think it's still enjoyable and like an easy enough watch that um i don't know it's, yeah you know i hate to say like yeah you want to shut your brain off or whatever but yeah a lot of the stuff you just have to like not yeah. think too hard about it and just <laughs> go with the movie it's just fine and I, I think you know people say what do you want it's just a light-hearted thing that's you know poking fun mm-hmm. at least that and i'm yeah, but you know, look, uh, happy death. Well, lighthearted they, things get yeah. like you know don't get the you know ten out of tens. <laughs> well, no, 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 no lighthearted. That's not the point I'm going to make at all. Happy Death Day <laughs> is a great example to compare this to because Happy mm-hmm. Death Day is the funny stuff. It is the the, the high concept sci fi thing mixed with a slasher mm-hmm. movie. But more importantly, it does have solid rating because it has a solid character arc, and that's where I look mm-hmm. at it and say, this is much better than this, and this is why. It's mm-hmm. because it has the good writing and the good character story on top of all the fun ideas. So being fun simply just isn't enough if, uh, like, and as I say, you can't have fun. It's not like when I watch, like, Commando, I'm like, oh, where's the subtext in Commando? <laughs> or where's, like, mm-hmm. not at all, right? Like, obviously you can. But I think if it was going to be fun on a very just B-movie level, then I need better kills. I need more memorable characters. Mm-hmm. I need more... Uh, funny moments i need more playing with the the tropes i need more just i don't know um there's too much of it that just feels a little bit mailed right mm-hmm. it's a mailed movie that's my that's my <laughs> ultimate review of it it's mailed <laughs> anyway i think we're at the point where we're rating the movie so tim what are you giving uh totally killer uh, i think quiet I'm, for a minute while Tim's uh, you're right <laughs> uh, I think I'm waffling between like a I think I'm, I think I'm waffling between like a 7 and a 7.5 I actually did like it quite a bit maybe maybe I'll just go with the straight 7 because uh, uh, <laughs> yeah as we talked about there, there was definitely a lot of uh, faults to, to bring up but I do think when you actually watch the movie that not as much of that stuff matters uh, it, it is just like a fun funny movie to me um i do agree yeah the, the horror and stuff isn't much uh there that could have been played up uh a lot more but um i don't know it, it, it still worked for me uh, i think it's just yeah, i had fun with it uh, i think the characters are pretty likable the jokes work which yeah i'm probably coming at it at more of a comedic angle than i am like a high concept you know, horror sci-fi angle, which yeah, there's probably a lot more to be desired uh, on that. But 
Um, other than that, though, I think it's a pretty fun, enjoyable time, and you know, works for as you know, straight to streaming movie. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I just I think that sentence though I don't like that. Like it works for a straight to streaming movie. If, if if that's all it mm. is, then it's not good enough, frankly. Uh, so <laughs> well, I'm not giving it a ten out of ten or anything. So I know, that's... I know. I'm just <laughs> like I just. <sighs> Like, I would rather a movie just be really bad so I could be passionate about it than something just be okay. And that's where I feel this kind of falls. So. Well. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we'll get Might to be more... having this discussion again very soon. Yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll get more really bad soon. Like, I, I don't doubt it, but uh, it makes it like almost a more frustrating one to talk about is that mm. it's like saying, ah, it's perfectly fine, but also here's all the reasons why sometimes it's hard to say why something isn't just better than it is you know mm. if they're not making sure. glaring obvious mistakes and it's not just got lots mm. of really really bad things uh it's just kind of and in, in the middle it's just okay and nothing more it's so i mean those are the hardest movies i i feel like to talk about like it, it's very easy to yeah talk about why you know a, a two or a three out of ten like why it's so bad and stuff and it's also really easy to sing the praises of something that's like an eight or a nine but um i i, I feel you though like i know it's it's hard to kind of yeah i mean <laughs> we did a pretty good job talking about that i feel like but yeah sometimes those more mid movies it's like yeah you just don't have as much to say yeah i feel like i'm probably going with I'm deciding if it scrapes a six or if I'm just settling on a five point five. Um, I think I will go. I think I'll go with a six. I think I'm hesitant because I don't like that it averages out between us to a six point five. But I, I can't. I can't do my rating based on what the average is. I can't. I can't lowball it just to bring the average down. That's unprofessional. So I won't do it. But it's like insider trading. Like you can go to jail for that. <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna go to your podcast deal. Yeah, <laughs> for rating a movie as such. Uh, but yeah, so that that's the movie. That's totally killer. Uh, I mean, it's if you got Prime, it's on there. You can watch it, <laughs> and you'll forget about it in a couple of weeks. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually uh, empty calories. That's why I'm going to describe this movie. It is empty calories. Ah, uh, those are the best calories, though. <laughs> those are so tasty. It's mediocre empty calories. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah uh you know uh let's let's hear from our uh, loyal freaks uh to listen to this show uh i'm interested to, see, to hear what they thought of it if you want to sound off in the comments because like i said like i i haven't really heard many people talking about it, so i don't know if you know if i'm widely off base here if, if people hated this movie or you know if they're more in line with pete or whatever or if it is getting positive feedback uh, oh, I, don't I don't know i haven't heard much so you know if people want to comment or hit us up on our socials let us know or you know hey maybe it'd be a fun uh you know might be fun for people to talk about it on the discord if you know if there was a way for them to join that oh there is there's a link in the description by all means look at you promoting the discord <laughs> oh, there you go pro. uh all the mail promote is patreon.com slash tv where you can get bonuses you get bonus episodes they are back from screams after midnight and there's bonuses for the other shows on there so please go check it out and see if you are interested. Uh, but it helps keep the content coming, helps keep the lights on, and mm -hmm. uh, continues the journey that is Screams After Midnight. So thank you very much for joining me. <laughs>
it has been a pleasure keep watching scary movies and we will see you next time